I'd like to lead you all in a little prayer. Dear Lord, may our feet be swift, may our bats be mighty, may our balls be plentiful. And Lord, I just like to thank you for that waitress in South Bend. You know who she is. She kept calling your name. This summer, Tom Hanks is managing the impossible. The Rockford Peaches. Sounded good. So let's all root for the girls' team. Let's give the poor coach a break. Still missing the cutoff man. Now that, that, that's something that I would like you to work on before next season. Columbia Pictures would like to take you out to the ball game for an all-star comedy. They'll pay you $75 a week. We only make 30 at the dairy. Well then, this would be more, wouldn't it? The manager, Tom Hanks. Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. The catcher, Gina Davis. What do you say we slip in the back seat and you make a man out of me? What do you say I smack you around for a while? Can't we do both? The pitcher, Lori Petty. I made it! I'm a Pete! A Rockford Pete! The scout, John Lovitz. Are you coming? See how it works is. The train moves, not the station. And batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there were men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. Directed by Penny Marshall. And we are back. I am Eric, and he is John. This is Props, and we're about to take a deep dive into a league of their own. What's up, John? How are you doing, buddy? I am very excited. This is one of my favorite all-time movies that I may have seen more than any other baseball movies on our list, actually. I, you know, I hadn't watched this until recently. I've, not, I've, I've seen it before, but I forgot I forgot how good this movie was. It's just, it's enjoyable. It's the only word, like, as I'm smiling as I'm watching it, and again, I've seen it well over a few dozen times, um, but I did watch the whole thing yesterday uh, in preparation for this, take notes and things, and I sure. found myself kind of just grinning and smiling. It was as cool as I remembered. The characters were as endearing as I remembered. Tom Hanks was as legendary as I remembered, and really, Gina Davis was actually as legendary as I yeah. remembered. Too. Of course, she she did a great job as well, man. It was it was a real fun movie. It was a it was, you know, history wise, it it it, it takes on the All American Girls Professional Baseball League really well. Mm-hmm. I know it's a fictionalization of it, but it, it does it does a good job of of telling a little bit of history there. Um, I was 
excited to watch it again. So yeah, it's I, one I of those where like it. I'm looking forward to sharing it with my kids as they get a yeah. little bit older. And it's one of those where there's there's moments in it that are that work that you know are classic that you have felt are classic kind of the whole time. Sure. And there's so many of them that as they kind of hit you, you're like, oh, that is an amazing scene. Right. And man, some of them have just they, they hold up they hold up it's 1992 I think we started uh, yeah, yeah so you know 26 years later they're, they're, the comedy is there I mean Penny Marshall and Gary Marshall working on it or whatever but sure. it's it's classic the timeless stuff there's really no dated jokes there's no dated humor it's almost like one of those Three Stooges type of things where the kind of humor that's in this is always funny and the right. moments the nostalgic moments always work um, this was Penny Marshall's like coming out party directorial wise right am I right I think so she was uh, making a name for herself uh, doing that kind of thing. We, we were just talking about Tom Hanks, kind right. of where where this put his career on a trajectory, and I think that's really interesting to talk about because he's not an old guy in this movie. He's played as kind of a, a you know Jimmy Dugan, which we'll right. get into in a little bit. But he's introduced as a, his career's over, so he's I don't know forty, thirty eight. Because Gary Gary Marshall's you know the guy who's hiring him says like you're still a young man, you could have been playing, and they have that great scene where right. he's like I hurt my knee, and he's like jumping out of a building, <laughs> which you like, which which was on fire, which is a fire you started, which right. I had to pay for. Right. Uh, so you know say he's thirty eight, forty, but that was really as you said the takeoff of his serious I want Oscars Tom Hanks career. I yeah of course because uh, right. I was telling you that this was his last film that was like the goofy Tom Hanks. Sleepless in Seattle was right after this, but then it started Philadelphia, uh, Forrest Gump. It was Philadelphia, <laughs> Forrest Gump, Apollo 13. He did the voice of Toy Story, uh-huh. that thing you do, which was a cute movie. But then he kind of like got it out of his system and got serious with Saving Private Ryan, Green Mile, Cast sure. Away, Catch Me If You Can. Basically, he was like, all right, Hollywood, Oscar me up. Exactly. Nominate me. <laughs> give me awards. I'm ready. This is definitely not Bosom Buddies, though. This is, this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is completely different. All right, man. So what what was the log line, man? How'd that go? So the funny thing about A League of Their Own is that it, it was launched as, as obviously a Tom Hanks movie. Right. Um, um, and when you look at the poster, you're clearly getting to the thing of where, like, you know, Gina Davis has a baseball card. Madonna, peak Madonna, there was a big deal that she was, like, acting in the movie. I know she'd done um, Material Girl as a thing. And there was another movie she did. Well, the one with Vanilla Ice? Yeah, there's one where she did before that where she's dressed as, like, a tomboy. And I don't know. Um, I don't remember what that is. But basically, the long as two sisters joined the first female professional baseball league and struggled to help it succeed amidst their own growing rivalry. Which is, you know, okay. Um... It's kind of what it is, basically. And they do a movie, like in the movie poster, it says like opening day. And, uh, you know, they kind of sell it as like this is a cast that you really haven't seen before together. And right. it's an ensemble cast. Yeah. And, it's, and they're ready to go. So there's nostalgia there. And there's like kind of, you're right, a coming out party for, for both Penny Marshall and kind of Rosie O'Donnell in a movie mm-hmm. who was at, you know, the height of her sort of popularity. Right. And Tom Hanks and Gina Davis. Uh, um, I think... I think they were kind of understanding this was going to be a classic before it came out. I think so too. And one name you didn't mention is Laura Petty or Lori Petty. She is in a lot of. I remember her in a lot of movies when I was young, and maybe it's just a lot of movies I. I watched a lot. Point break. Yeah, that Tank kind of girl. stuff like that, you know? <laughs> Tank girls, especially, you know? Yeah. <laughs> just, But she's, I think she's very underrated, and, you know, she, she plays a good role here uh, as Kit, but just, like, this is an all-star lineup, really, is what it is. It's amazing, and, and um, the line that I, I, uh, I, I, that stood out to me, and, and I think, um, I think I'll just read it word for word, because this is the, this is kind of the promo log line for the movie, so. Sure. 
This summer, Tom Hanks and the Rockford Peaches proved that a woman's place is at home. First, second, and third. <laughs> hey <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, they do play into the whole idea that it's a lot of kind of housewives and sure. more effort and everything like that. But, yeah, the cast just kind of goes on, and there's Tay Leone has the, uh, a bit part in it, and right. Bill Pullman and, and, right. and John Lovitz and um, all these guys, all these people are in it. And I have, you know, when we get to John Lovitz's character, I have my three favorite Lovitz lines. Uh, Lovitz was awesome. So what did it do at the box office? Um I was just looking at that actually, and the uh, the number escapes me at the moment. I wrote it in the wrong place. Uh oh! But I can find it real quick. And as he as he's finding that, uh, you you did mention John. One hundred seven million. One hundred seven million. All right. So at, of the movies we've done so far, this is by far the leader in the clubhouse. Yeah. Uh, at one hundred seven million. One hundred seven million budget was estimated at forty million. So big hit. And you'd have to believe this came out like probably came out ninety two ninety three when it came out. Peak HBO watching, sure. like what I don't know what HBO probably spent on it, but I remember it was on HBO and then cable. Sure. So let's just say that it made that and probably another fifty million in just rights fees by being on all the time. It's right. Perfect TNT TBS before Netflix just on Saturday every Saturday of baseball season. Yes, it was awesome. And speaking of awesome, I'm going to run down the awards for you here. Nice. Because it is just it was see six wins eleven. I'm sorry. Let me you know what, let me just click it. <laughs> All right. I was trying to read it from my notes, but I, I did it wrong. All right, so showing all six wins and 13 nominations. So uh, Golden Globes USA 1993 nominee. Best performance by an actress in a motion picture, Gina Davis. And best original song, Madonna and Shep Pettibone. They used to be my it's playground. To, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> uh, 2020 awards. Nominee Felix Bex, Best Best Actress Gina Davis, American Comedy Awards winner American Comedy Award Funniest Supporting Actor in a Motion Picture Tom Hanks, Funniest Supporting Actor in a, in a Motion Picture John Lovitz, and Funniest Supporting Actress in a Motion Picture Rosie O'Donnell. Uh, Levitz and O'Donnell both were nominees there. Uh, the ASCAP Film Awards and Tel- Television and Music Awards winner most performed songs for a motion picture Madonna. Uh, Award Circuit Community Awards nominee Best Actress in a Leading Role Gina Davis and the Best Uncom- Ensemble Cast. Uh, the Japanese Academy again. I love when these guys they get love our baseball movies. Uh, nominee Award for of the Japanese Academy Best Foreign Film um, BMI Film and TV Awards winner, BMI Film Music Award, Hans Zimmer. Casting Society of America winner. That's who does win the number one award. It's a great, like, full casting. Best casting for feature film comedy, Ellen Lewis and Amanda McKay. Good job, Ellen. Yeah. Uh, Dallas Fort Worth Film Critics Association Award nominee, Best Picture. Grammy Awards 1993 uh, nominee, Best Song Written Specifically for a Motion Picture. Uh, Hochi Film Awards winner, Best Foreign Film. MTV Movie Awards. This is when the MTV Movie Awards really mattered something, right? Uh, Nominee. Best Female Performance, Gina Davis. Best Breakthrough Performance, Rosie O'Donnell. And Best Kiss, Pauline Browsford and Tom Hanks. Hmm. Um, National Film Preservation Award winner, National Film Registry. Uh, that, so that was all of them. If I were <laughs> giving the awards, I think John Lovitz should have won an Oscar for 
actual firepower per screen time. Sure. Every line. Every line. It's like they went through the movie and said, hey, we're not going to give you a single line that doesn't absolutely kill. Right. And every time, every every gesture, every snarky remark, his whole entire way of being, every minute on screen is a Hall of Fame, I think, Oscar winning performance. His face, when he is introduced to the the young lady... uh, uh, Marla Hooch. Mar- Marla Hooch. <laughs> and he's introduced to her for the first time. Just He didn't have to say a word. Yeah. Just his face of the look of disappointment that came over. And okay, the, we'll be back. Yeah. <laughs> and then, I, 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 if I steal it, I'm sorry. But Pickle Tickle made me giggle. Like a, like a, that's a good one. That's not actually in my top one. That's a good line. <laughs> like that's a, a good 13 line. year old boy. I was like, Pickle Tickle. And he's like, why do they always get attached to me like yeah. this? So these are, my, uh, these are my favorite Lubbock lines. And I like this one. When he gets on the train early in the movie and like some random insurance salesman's like, we had three straight quarters of 110% growth. And he goes, if I had your job, I'd kill myself. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's like a great Groucho Marx line. <laughs> uh, then uh, another great line from him is when he walks into, he's trying to find Gina Davis after the game to put her onto the team or Dottie Hinson. Right, Dottie. And they're milking cows. Right. And he looks at it and goes, doesn't that hurt the cows? Yeah. <laughs> and they go, no, they don't seem to mind. And he says, it brews the hell out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's so good. And then um, he has the uh, the state, which for some reason this always always stuck with me as a great line when they're trying when they go and and they won't leave without Marla Hooch. Sure. And he goes, "You see how it works? Is the train leaves, not the station." Exactly. <laughs> So that's my John Lovitz impersonation and my uh, my favorite uh, Lovitz lines. I think he has several others, but as the movie goes on, he's he's seen less and less. But right. he kind of carries a first like quarter of the movie. He's the through line to get you from the baseball, deciding to do a women's league, and getting uh-huh. you all the way through there. That's he he, he does a great job. Uh, of course, he's. Is this just right after Saturday Night Live for him? He might even still be on it. He might even, yeah. what it was. It was 92, so I don't yeah. think he was too far away. It wasn't far away from it all. But he, he was just, it was just classic John Lovitz, you know. It's and his best performance. By far. <laughs> it was far better than that cartoon he did, whatever that was. He just lights out. Yeah, yeah. He's better than that. He, I don't know where, I don't know where he came up with that kind of old school. I mean, the movie takes place in 1943, right. say. So he got the cadence down. But like I said, I think they had a team of people workshopping sure. his lines or he just maybe improvised them and found the character and got in a groove which I think is kind of maybe what he did he got in a zone sure it's almost like they filmed all his lines and just said all right do seven takes and right. we'll take the funniest one <laughs> I, you know looking back on it, it it that very well could have been yeah he's a great improviser as it is so sure yeah it, he comes from all that background so that was my uh, yeah the look the look when he gets Marla Hooch and by the way how about that swing Marla Hooch Man. I mean she broke like seven high school windows yeah He's got dudes pitching from her, and then they do the thing like the the Princess Bride move of like, now hit from the left side. Yeah, and you're like, whoa. Yeah, when now hit now hit from the left side, the look of desperation and exhaustion on yeah. the rest of the team's yeah. face, all the guys in the room. Yep, just just that guttural sigh yeah oh my god i like that too in that scene if if anybody listening remembers that there's like nine nine or ten guys who are who are you know on a boys high school team men's high school team who are kind of scattered on the bleachers she's sitting inside a a basketball court if you remember right there's about four of them who look like the way she hits might be in in the line of death if she actually ropes one like pulls one. exactly they're they're like sitting on like the second row of a bleacher a wooden bleacher seat with (laughs) this this person this woman marla hooch who's just absolutely belting the baseball 
Um, and luckily, she's hitting them all, breaking windows and hitting them out. But if she if she kind of tags a, a quick liner to third, I think we might see a death in a league of their own. She was Chipper Jones before Chipper Jones was Chipper Jones. She was yes. hitting from left, both sides of the plate with power. And oh, she was unbelievable. It was awesome. Um, so that's a good good segue into other athletic feats in the yes. film. I think all in all, it was pretty good. Yeah, I think uh, Gina Day, they clearly spent time working. With, I remember reading that. So when they had the tryouts for the girls in the movie, yeah. they just kind of put them in uniforms and filmed them learning how to play baseball. Or Some of them were athletic. But, but clearly, uh, Lori Petty worked on her yeah. like, good swing. She has a very knoblock slash like Euclid, very high bat type of swing. Yes. Gina has a just a sweet swing in Dottie Henson. Great, yep. great swing. Lori Petty can throw pitch as well. You've got, you know, the the, the, the women in the outfield. Um, Madonna's an athlete, uh, clearly, right. with the, what clearly. she's able to do. She can run and throw really well. Uh, you, you got, there's no, actually, there's way less issues in this movie than I had even in like The Natural and some other movies. Like they clearly worked hard on looking like they knew how to play baseball. Yes, they and it, and it paid off, and um, and I think if I had a kind of if I had a guess, I, I bet you some of them. I mean, softball is different, but it, it looked like they, you know, they're actresses, but right. they did a really good job. I, I, I never once took me out of the movie like, oh, she's throwing you know poorly. Where it's something like we've talked about, like Tom sure. Berenger swing, right? Clearly, you're like, who? So yeah. they just got this guy and figured, <laughs> look, we'll, we'll we'll film around your swing. These were up close and personal. The sliding, mm-hmm. the throws, the turning twos, really good. Um, Dirt in the skirt was one line Dirt that I really loved. <laughs> but uh, you know, when you heard that they were sliding, they, they were gonna yeah. get get to third base. Hopefully, you know, it takes <laughs> all a whole new meaning uh, yeah. <laughs> of, the, of the show. Um, so I, I don't I don't think there's anything there that I would argue either because it, they did a really good job. They did a great job. I think uh, where I w- I do want to ask you a question about is uh, the history behind this because this is again a fictionalization of something that really happened do you do you know from any of your research if if, if these lady female players were as good as some of these girls yeah there's trade? not really a lot of video there's like a documentary yeah. on this that I think you and I have both right. seen I think they could play yeah I think they were athletes and I think they they were they were they were good enough to have a league and, and you know being vague but I, there's sure. no video really to study so it's hard to see and the parks were like they said these were in small towns it's not like they were playing Yankee Stadium or anything right. like that so it's hard to tell, but when you read about it, I can't remember the book that's about this, but they took it seriously. Yes. There was enough money back then to invest in it. Yes. And it, it did one of the things that they that they didn't have to take. Like It, it got it caught on. Right. They had crowds, and, and the idea of, you know, the first game is pretty much an empty stadium. Uh, eventually, people started getting into it, and right. the league disbanded as soon as the war and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Um, and I think that's where the hook of having someone like uh, Tom Hanks' character, Jimmy Dugan, to mm-hmm. be a draw was a thing. Right. And that was a, you know, I don't think there was any big, big names in real life who, who coached that I could, maybe there are, I'm sure someone who's listening said, I am a moron, so you know, Ralph Kiner coached, you idiot. But I couldn't <laughs> find anybody who did that. Um, but I think it's a good time to talk about Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, Jimmy Dugan is a, is a great thing to talk about here. Uh, what are the things the hit 58 home runs and so here here's a, yeah. here's Jimmy here's the stat here's what we know about Jimmy Dugan let's assume because Gary Marshall says to him you're a young man you could still be playing so back then that meant like 36 nowadays right. it might right. be 40 42 so let's say he's 30 he was 36 when he stopped he's 38 or 40 when he starts playing so let's say by age 36 he says he has he had 487 home runs Ooh. Later on, when he's introduced in the first game by the announcer uh, of the Peaches, he 
they say he's a six-time National League home run champ. Right. And he hit a bunch of home runs in the World Series. Four. Four home two runs in one game. Two in one game. Four in the world. Two in one game for a World Series championship. Mm-hmm. So here's a couple other guys who had four, uh, who won the home run title in their league four times or more. Mantle. Mm-hmm. Harmon Killebrew. Mm-hmm. Willie Mays. All right. These in his baseball reference, he's yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. There's no yeah, doubt. No he's doubt. way bigger than a, than a than a drunk, and maybe that's why he isn't. You know, he's just a he's still a name, but he's a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer, right? Not with he, he was what 485 home runs, right? 487, so, yeah. 487. So he's just shy of the 500 mark, but those four home run titles get him in. Six home run titles. Six home runs. I'm sorry. Six yeah. home runs. Get him in automatically. Yeah. So you're thinking back then if he's playing if if the the movie takes place in 1943. So he finishes playing uh, his career. We say two years before that, 1941. Yeah. So he's peak of his career is the 30s. Right. Dude. I mean, he's hitting to win the title to win the batting crown those years. He's hitting in the 50s. Yes. 40 high 40s, 50s home runs. Yes. Six times he wins, which means the other times having 487 home runs. He's hitting in the 30s. A couple years high 30s, probably finishing second and third. So we'll assume he was the National League's premier power hitter for eight to ten years. Right. Which gets you in the Hall of Fame. Automatically. I mean, Jim Rice has 371. <laughs> and, I mean, played in the 70s in a different era, and I love the guy. But if that gets you in, Dugan's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Absolutely. We need to call the Hall of Fame and get this straightened out <laughs> right now. <laughs> and then he's also uh, in the movie sports quote Hall of Fame with no crying in baseball. Right? No cry. I was telling you this uh, off air. No crying in baseball is absolutely one of the best quotes ever from a, from a movie, right? Uh, but the best part of that whole scene actually happens off camera because you can't see Dolores. Right. And he says, shut up, Dolores. Shut up, Dolores. <laughs> Are you crying? <laughs> the beauty, the thing with this scene is, and everybody listening who likes to leave their own knows the scene. Mm-hmm. You can only see it one time, the first time once. Right. So now you're waiting for it. Right. But I was trying to take myself back to seeing the theater because it starts so harmlessly. Like he's having a bad day. He's already engaged with the team, so right. he cares. So right. He's gotten past the hurdle of him being a drunk and whatever. And he just looks at her and goes, "Are you crying?" And she's like trying so hard, "No, yeah." No. And then he goes, "There's no cry." And you don't know that immediately following that is a legendary movie scene. Right. That movie clip will be shown when when Tom Hanks hangs it up in forty years. That'll be at the top, maybe the top one or two movie sure. scenes he's got. Whenever you talk sports movie scenes, whenever you talk baseball movie scenes, that's up there. If you build it, he will come. Mm-hmm. That movie, th- that line, you know, you're killing me, Smalls. We all talk right. about. But it's it's in the pantheon of, of sports movie lines, of baseball movie lines. I would argue of just movie lines. I think so too. I, it, it's hard to argue against it, and with Tom Hanks, not not then, but Tom Hanks, who he is now, I it's. It even pushes pushes it up further because he's just, just again this Oscar winning giant. But once yeah. upon a time he was in this in this ensemble cast and he delivered one of the best lines. That's in the history what it of is too. That sometimes these lines get you know lost on a secondary actor or an actor who right. maybe doesn't you know peak where they think. But the fact that that line was delivered in that role right. by that guy right. who became an institution anyway, you don't have that happen too many times in the movie. So I just think that 
you can't overstate how important that line was at the time to the movie, to the memory of the movie. I mean, there's people who you just say, you remember League of Their Own? And you know, we watch a lot of movies and we mm-hmm. rewatch a lot of movies. But there are people who only saw this movie one time in the theater in 1992. And they remember that. And if they remember that line, what do you remember about that? Oh, Tom Hanks, No Crying in Baseball. That's I remember. I love that movie. Exactly. Exactly. I 100% agree with you. I feel like we're not we're not disagreeing enough on this one. So it's hard yeah, to disagree. It's, yeah, it's hard. Uh, it, it, you know, sometimes these movies, like they, they just hit the right notes for people who like these kind of movies. And sure. we, we do. And, and we've had, you know, we've gone back and forth on obviously the natural, uh, <laughs> and parts of the, of the Sandlot and, and even major league there's, you know, I don't know. I've tried to think of the other side of some of these things, uh-huh. you know, did Dottie let the ball go at the end? Yeah. Is that a decision? And, you know, there's a lot of, I'm sure there are people who go watch it now. There's a lot of sort of the way women were treated back in the forties. Yes, there's a yes. lot of that, but that it's a period piece. Right. So you can't all of a sudden, integrate the league and right. it's a period piece based on a true thing and they leave a lot of stuff out but Lovitz does talk down to the women so you, if you're going to do all that I'm sure you could probably make the movie f- unfunny and, and insufferable or something right. but for what it is uh, it, it's, a, it's a brilliant movie and, and there's really no there's no dead time there's no boring spots no not the at all the dialogue's great the, the chemistry between Hanks and, and Gina Davis you know there's no romance there but right. They clearly find a way to really care for each other. Sure. They're on the same wavelength. They're both baseball, high baseball IQ people. Right. There's nothing to really, I've really, in all my life of of talking movies in this movie coming up, I've never been on the other side of an argument where someone said it wasn't good or (laughs) so-and-so wasn't good in the movie or because, you know, it's easy to look down for people who don't like one of the actors or actresses in it. Sure. But that's not that's now like the movie in its time capsule is is near perfect i think it's near i, I was gonna say it's near <laughs> perfect say it. it's so good so let's talk about uh outside of are you crying did you have a favorite scene or a couple of favorite scenes my favorite scene in the movie is assuming it's not the you know crying in baseball uh there's the, the the scene where they go dancing is always cool yeah. because like they feed the the nanny or whatever yeah. uh, the the syrup and she throws up and Tom Hanks has to spend the whole evening <laughs> with her. There's a great scene. It's a quiet scene with Hanks and Gina Davis when he wants to get a drink and she gives him a coke uh-huh. and he drinks it and does like ah and like it's the whole heart of the movie that right. they bond. Mm-hmm. They're learning about each other. They're showing each other. They're they're you know they're they're she's showing him her picture of her husband. Yeah, he's about to go back down the road of just the drunk or whatever and uh, and they do it and then really to me the scene that takes over is when he's sitting there in the dugout for the first time he gets engaged and they're doing signs yeah. and then he just starts doing signs over the doing the signs right. and she's stepping up in the, uh, the mm-hmm. dugout in the back that to me those, those are the movements that move the movie forward in addition to like I said I, I could put all the Lovitz's lines into one category right. watch. I wish someone made like a, <laughs> a, all John Lovitz uh all John Lovett says his name in the movie is Ernie Cappadino. Yeah. So if someone out there wants to cut together an Ernie Cappadino <laughs> highlight reel of just his quotes uh, and send it to me, we will find something awesome to send to you. So um, one of my favorite scenes, again, Ernie Cappadino, <laughs> was uh, was the 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 the, the signs scene when they're 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 calling out the signs there and what made that great was their back and forth but Marla keeps stepping in and out of the box <laughs> she's just looking up to do it yeah it's awesome it's really funny I, I love that but two other two other scenes that really stuck out to me were uh, one after the tryouts they, they have the teams posted and and 
everybody has separated into their teams. And Shirley, yeah, is, Shirley Baker, Shirley Baker is is standing there, and the coach is trying to kind of barking at her, and, and she can't clearly cannot read. So uh, one of the young ladies comes over and says, oh, "You're a peach, you know, you're you're over here with that's us." So uh, that's that's a really good scene. That's that's followed immediately by one of the more, more deplorable scenes in the in the in the movie when uh, they they prounce out the new uniforms that they're going to be wearing um it's it's deplorable again it's the setting i know what I mean, it's 1945 i know but you know if that would have been today yeah. it would a whole different well true <laughs> and you know that brings up like there are other things that like madonna i feel like i've left her out of this because she's really great yeah uh the all the way man character <laughs> just kills it they they just play on the fact that she's uh you know likes the men yes and uh and that skirt they have some, rosie has some great they have a great chemistry they're like a buddy cop movie yeah, almost where like they're great so I feel like we haven't you know talked about them enough and you know we don't go on forever about them but another scene which is sort of the heartwarming linchpin of the movie is when they sing the song at the end and it's it is what it is yeah. it earns that moment and mm-hmm. a lot of people you kind of walk out of the theater with that song and you yeah. but if you ask dudes and they're being honest there's a lot of guys who can remember the signs, the song, the lyrics of that movie, that song. That is one of the my more annoying things about the movie. Right. But you know, get over. Then I wanted to mention one more scene. Yeah. And we'll get back to that. Is uh, again the history of what what's going on in the world at this time, mm-hmm. and the guy shows up at the game from the war department with a letter that that one of oh, their husband. Yeah. That that seems heart wrenching. Heart wrenching. Yeah. It really is. And I, I found myself sitting there getting a little choked up about it because you know, I'm a veteran myself and I, I would I, I put myself in that I put myself in my wife's shoes in that situation. I mean, what would that be like? And then uh, as Hanks steals the letter, they, like he he's walking down the line, you're like, Well which one and is kicks, it gonna be? Yeah. And that scene was perfectly done. It was perfectly put together and, and in that moment when he, he hugs her, mm. he he showed that he's he's softened up on the whole do you think that that's thing. kind of a testament to the storytelling? Because the movie the opens with Gina Davis doesn't want to go. She's right. married. Her right. husband's overseas. That's her life. He's going to come back. They're going to run the farm. And this is Laura Petty. She says, like, this is my shot to get out of here to do something. Exactly. But yet un- unspoken is these guys are at war. Then the first scene with Jimmy, which is a good kind of polar opposite to the one you said, is the wife, to talk about collecting, has the Jimmy Dugan card. And right. she says, like, my husband will come home from the war to kill me if I, I lose do anything to this card right and she's like would you mind signing and he's and rips it right right and so to go from that moment to to not even to caring so little that he just tears up his card to all the way to the point of the gravity of that situation sure. that to kind of and the kind of the guts of Penny Marshall to pull you out of this kind of rollicking fun mm-hmm. group story of coming together as a team and, and all that to remind you that this was all taking place against a horrific backdrop. Sure. It was something that these girls luckily could do or women could do to take their mind off the fact that their husbands any day could mm-hmm. get that exactly. could get that letter about their husbands. So I, I think, yeah, I, that scene, it just hits the perfect notes. Yes. Perfectly. Yeah. All right. Memorabilia. Here we go. Because that's why we're here from Hollywood Today. to the hobby. Three pieces you would want. I want the card that got ripped up. 
Okay. But I don't want the coal card. I want like the card in pieces on a plaque oh, okay. where it's kind of like together. All right. I don't just want like a remake of the card. Like what? W- I don't. I don't know if they made a Dugan card because you don't ever see anything. Right. But I'd like that. Okay. I would love Dottie Hinson's catcher's mitt because it kind of yes. has a through line through yes. the movie. Like they, she has it at the very end when they before they do the flashback. The her daughter when she's a grandmother is like, you need your glove, and she's like, it needs to be oiled up or whatever. Right. And then uh, this is kind of a generic, but I would really. Uh, I'd really like to have one of the hats, like maybe the Hanks hat. Sure, one of the one of the hats from one of the players I think would be would be cool to have. And then my my uh, alternate would be the first bat Marla Hooch uses because uh-huh. I, mean, I if, if, if she, <laughs> I just want one swing with that thing, you hit lasers. So uh, a league of their own Rockford Peaches hat on eBay right now for eight dollars and sixty nine cents from the movie. Yeah, no, 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 it's a replica oh, from the oh, okay, movie, okay. but it's still. It, you you could rock that hat if you wanted it. That's the other part is yeah I'd put it somewhere. Yeah, but I don't think I'd wear a Rockford Peaches hat. There you go. Okay, so uh, this is this is typically where I break down what's available um, out there. And the and to be honest with you, there's just too much of it to break down. Really? But yeah, because um, not only is this from the movie, but if you put in the real aspect of the All American Girls ba- Professional Baseball League, there's tons of this stuff out there, and it. It requires a premium to get some of it, especially some of the authentic. So what are some of the cooler so, things you found? So some of the cooler things I found. Uh, one, let me well, let me click here on this button right here as I go back to my eBay. So on um, Hollywood memorabilia, there's just tons and tons of signed photos, eight by ten, sixteen by twenties, made uh, baseballs and uh, uniform pieces from from the movie. Lots of Tom Hanks stuff. Okay. Let me uh, clearly right. Yeah. There's that on eBay. There's um. Oh, hold on. There's one. There's this poster here that I did want to mention. Uh, it's Tom Hanks, a league of their own, signed autograph, thirteen by sixteen matted poster. It's they want four hundred dollars for it, but it, it's a great scene from the movie, right? Yeah. Um. And again, there's there's a script signed by Tom Hanks for five hundred eighty. That's awesome. Eighty dollars. Yeah, that's uh that's pretty dope. <laughs> so um, then on eBay, if you just go to eBay and and search Rockford Peaches, you're gonna find a lot of stuff there, and um, like there's pennants, there's hats, there's jerseys, there's oh, come on now, the 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 Rockford Peaches pennant. Uh, it's a full size official baseball wool felt pennant. It's twenty four ninety five. You can get that right now on eBay and then there's actually pictures of the actual American American girls baseball players yeah Uh, Alice DeShane is there um just you know, just name something. They're there. Ruth Richards is there, and these ladies are—I don't mean, mean to sound morbid—but these ladies are, are getting older and they're dying off. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's all there. 1948 Rockford Peaches t- team signed authentic women's baseball JSA authenticated. It's a team signed ball. That's awesome. You know. Yeah, no, they, they, <laughs> it was a real league, and I think there are probably people who didn't realize it was you know, based on uh, uh, as true of a story as it was. Right. It really, it, it's, it's really cool. The history behind everything, again, with the war that was going on, and just that time in America, it's, it's a really cool film, and it's a really cool piece of memorabilia, just on a whole, with everything that it means there. So, and then there's also, there's a, there's a traveling... 
it's not traveling. It's, it's a all American girls ba- professional baseball league museum that you can go check out. Oh, really? Yeah. So, so maybe we'll do some show links or something. Some of this stuff. People want to check it out. Definitely want to do that. So the three pieces I would like to have, uh, I, again, the glove would be cool. Um, I mean, I, I, I thought about it. I want, I want Madonna's skirt. <laughs> her little whole, her little, little outfit that she was wearing. Okay. I thought you were going to stop it. I want Madonna. There was a pause there. I didn't know where you were going. There, there was that too. Um, and then I think if Jimmy Dugan was a real person, I want his jersey too. You know, That'd be awesome. That would be really cool. Yeah. That would be awesome. Um, I said all that to tell you this, to link, to link this back to my other podcast, the Fat Packs podcast. Uh, we had the wonderful Maureen Ulrich from Diamond Girls on with us a couple of weeks ago, who is a screen screenwriter and has written a play about this called Diamond Girls, and it's a great play. It's a great podcast to go go listen to. We'll link it back, but it 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 tells you the history of the Canadian side of this because there was. Uh, 64 young ladies that played in the league. Right. 16 of them were from Saskatchewan. So, oh, it, Saskatchewan. Yeah. It's it's really cool that they have this tie-in, this Canadian tie-in to this American Baseball League and these ladies from Saskatchewan could really ball. So, Well, if you listen to the song that you think, you know, is nauseating. Right. Yeah, it is nauseating. Irish ones, Canadians yeah. and Swedes, they're all for one. They're one for all. Yes. All American. Yes. It's That's, crazy. There you go. It's my lyrics. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> um, is this movie a classic? Yes. Absolutely. 100%. It is a classic. Uh, 7.3 on IMDb. Which is meh. I don't know how that got. I don't know how that happened. Yes, yeah, so like I said, sometimes you know, it, the the some of these older movies that they have a, a following, people don't go back to rewatch them a second or third time. Now that there's even ratings on these kind of things. Sure. But uh, I don't know. I would feel 100 percent confident if someone was asking me to watch a good baseball movie, or if they said, "Hey, I heard a League of Their Own was whatever." Uh, have they seen it and I recommend it or you recommend it sure. I'm confident it would come back at least like a B plus I think so too I, I can't so. see how I just there's, there's sure I'm sure there's uh, there's I, I'll say uh, League of Their Own haters out there but uh, it's a tough one to come back and say if you kind of give yourself to this movie that you're not going to enjoy it, it I agree uh, Tomato Meter on Rotten Tomatoes uh, 77% has an overall rating of a 6.8 out of 10 Again, I don't agree. And the audience score, they did give it a B plus. It was an 84. I'm going to so. say that most of this is because of uh, Rosie O'Donnell. I think so. She drops it. And not personally, <laughs> I could care less about her, but I feel like people see that and probably just go on. Nowadays, people are far more to be negative about something and just let that color their entire feelings about something. Ah. So I'd like to just believe that those are just Rosie haters and it's actually a 10 out of 10. The best piece of this whole film is Marla Hooch's bat. Yeah. Because it's way better than one of the natural and that stupid (laughs) thing in the Savoy special and all that. Speaking of the natural, thank you to everybody who's been... uh, listening to that yes. that episode and commenting and, com- and yeah. anybody who's listening to this who's written us on, on Facebook we've probably gotten almost countless comments at this point we're trying to respond to everybody feel free to, to hit us up on, on any of our Twitter or hit us up on the Facebook comments there because uh, that's what this is all about it's kind of spur discussion of these movies yeah. if you disagree let us know there are plenty of people who have a, a different take on The Natural than we do and actually just uh, for those listening I actually recently bought uh, the book The Natural okay. because I'd say about 25 people who listen to the podcast said 
hey moron, why don't you read the book before you discuss the, whether it's a, how it's adapted because it was adapted and it was true to the book. So I will do that. And uh, if there's any areas that I realize were now brilliant because it did the book perfectly and maybe as a movie didn't do that, I will acknowledge it. Um, but I came in the mail yesterday and okay. I, will, I will be reading it very soon and I'll let everybody know. I will not read it. I will still hate the movie. <laughs> Okay. All right. Uh, that's that, man. Uh, so next week is going to be um, Field of Dreams. That's right. So again, one of those movies that I'm going to find hard to find things wrong with it, but I'm going to watch I it. I have not watched it all the way through in many, many years, but in my mind, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah. In my mind, is a fantastic movie as well, mostly because Darth Vader's in it, but it's still... <laughs> I can take or leave Kevin Costner. It, it doesn't matter. And Ray Liotta, he's not like stabbing somebody, you know. So it's yeah, it, yeah. We'll get into that next week. There's a lot I have to unpack on it because it's been so long. And mm-hmm. start to finish, these movies are so different. It's sure. so easy to remember your six favorite scenes, right? And be like, oh, it's a it's a classic. I mean, there's there's this scene and there's that scene, and this scene, but there's like 70 minutes in between those scenes that have to tie the movie together. And I think we'll be pleasantly surprised that it holds up but um, you know sitting start to finish from a movie sure. from 25 30 years ago uh, it does change your opinion sometimes so we'll it see. sure does alright guys uh, follow him on Twitter uh, at John is it John underscore Finkel at John underscore Finkel yes. and I am at Eric Norton 316 until next time play ball <laughs>